Psalm 107, and then Proverbs 4. Psalm 107, Proverbs 4. Kids, you are dismissed. Have a good, have a good service. I know you've got good things planned. Lots of fun. Psalm 107 and Proverbs 4. <clears throat> In praying this week concerning what, what to minister, um, kind of took me a good part of the week. I didn't know until just a day or two ago. Maybe it was yesterday. It was. It was yesterday morning. The Lord dropped this in my heart and uh, got settled on it till I was determined that it's the right thing for us today. And isn't that what you want? Yeah. You don't want next week's message today, do you? No. no, you want today's message. You know, when when the Lord was feeding the children of Israel supernaturally, when they came out of Egypt, he fed them with something called manna. Mm -hmm. And it rained down from the sky every day. There was fresh food that came down supernaturally out of the sky. Now they had to go gather it up and they had to do something with it. Took some effort on their part. But yet the Lord sent it down fresh to them every day. And that's, a, that's among other things, that's a picture of us feeding on the Word of God. We need to get today's message, right? We, we need something fresh from Him that's going to be applicable to today. You know, He'll give, he'll give the pastor something and uh, you might get ministered to in a whole different area than what he's preaching on or she's preaching on uh, because it's God and because it's right and he'll gear it towards towards you so let's we we'll believe that's going to be the case today in the 107th Psalm there's an amazing statement a wonderful statement in the 20th verse we're going to read it it says this he sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their distress, whoops, and rescued them from the grave. I started reading the 19th verse. He sent forth his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. That would be talking about the early grave. Uh, and let me say it so you can understand it, because I guess you didn't understand that. That would be talking about going to the grave before you need to be going to the grave. Right? There's a time to die. There's a right time for every person to die. It's not a predetermined time. Many people think that. How many have ever heard, well, when it's my time, I'll just go. Who says? Who says? Is that the word or is that what some, you know, maybe you heard a preacher say it or maybe you just heard people say it all the time? Yeah, but the Bible says there's an appointed time to die. Does it? It actually doesn't. You're thinking of Hebrews, I think around the ninth chapter, where it says it's appointed unto man once to die. It does not say there is an, a predetermined appointed time to die. Now, I didn't plan to say that, but you see what happens when I don't have a lot of notes. But it's good. Uh, most people believe that when it's your time, you're going to go. In fact, there's a guy that wanted, uh, wanted his friend to go in an airplane ride with them. This was years ago, and people didn't fly much back then. And they said, no, I don't do airplanes. They said, oh, come on, go. They said, no, I just, I just, you know, he was kind of jittery about going up in an airplane, so he didn't want to. And besides, you know, he probably quoted the scripture. The Lord said, lo, I'm with you always. But anyhow. But so this guy, you know, he said, well, listen, listen. You're not going to go until it's your time. Anyhow, so what's it matter? And the guy said, well, what if we get up there and it's your time? 
But no, there is a right time. There is a time where you've, you've gotten satisfied. The Bible says with long life, I'll satisfy them and show them my salvation. And there's a time coming when you may get satisfied. And it's not going to be when you're 50. Come on, somebody. It's not going to be when you're 60. In fact, the Bible talks about a minimum lifespan in uh, Psalm 90, where it says, uh, uh, now this is under the curse. This was the minimum. He said uh, a man's life is 70 or 80 years. So that's the, when you get up there, that's when you, you may enter into a season when it's okay. When your race is run, when your time is done, there'll be an okay season. But the day and the hour is not predetermined. You don't find that in the scripture. What you do find, especially if you read in the book. of Well, we're going to go to Proverbs 4 in a second because you're holding that place, right? So I will try and read you a verse. Remind me about it if I forget. That says you can add length to your days. You can add to your time. And there's things that you can do to shorten your lifespan here on earth. Amen. Well, naturally speaking, you know, that's true, right? I mean, what are some things you can do to just, you know, drastically shorten your lifespan? Well, you know, you can uh, you can clog your body up with chicken wings, uh, buffalo wings. Hmm? What if you ate those uh, three times a week every day and then the other two days you ate pizza? Now, the kids are saying that would be heaven, man. That would be awesome. But, you know, you could die when you're 30 if you do that. Amen. Or you could cloud up your lungs with cigarette smoke or other stuff or you can. Um, or you could drink a lot and mess up your liver. Is that right? Or you could do none of those things and live a perfect life and worry yourself and stress yourself and die quicker than you would from cigarettes and chicken wings. Amen. There was a movie long ago. I don't remember the name of it. I think Bill Murray was the actor. And I think this was before I got saved that I watched it. So don't go out looking for it. I'm not sure if it was good or not. But he said, hey, I got something here from all, all four food groups, coffee, beer, donuts and cigarettes. And he listed those were his four main food, four major food groups. Well, it was fine. Again, I don't even know what movie that was, but it was. <laughs> Anyhow, um, we're talking today. I want to talk to you and minister to you a little bit about what the Bible says concerning healing. It's been some time, you know, the Lord uh, has, has dealt with me, especially to emphasize that area in ministry. And we will get back to having our healing services every once in a while as he leads after the first of the year. But this verse again, take a look at it. He sent his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. So there's a time when it's, we were talking about here. There's a time when it's OK when you've lived out the length of your days, when you've run your race, it's OK to go. In fact, one of the things when I was at, you know, Brother Hagen's funeral a couple months ago and uh, he died at 86. That's that's a pretty good trek. I mean, he and he preached all the way, died without sickness and disease. You know, we've shared the testimony with you of how it happened. And uh, but he, he said something years before and I was in the meeting when he said it. He was preaching on long life. And he says, if, he said, if you hear that I'm gone, you'll know I got satisfied. And so, of course, at the funeral, they had they had that quote. If you hear I'm gone, you'll know I got satisfied. Don't leave till you get satisfied. You might say, well, it's not up to me. It, it very much is. We have a lot to do with it. And I don't know why I keep going this direction, but I will because uh, it's good. Uh, we have a lot more to do with it. If you just read the Bible, 
and forget about your, your superstitions and, your, and what you've been taught and what your mama said and your grandmammy said, you know. You, you forget about that. Listen to what God says. We have a lot to do with how long we live here on earth. And a lot of folk just won't fight it, just won't do anything except lay down and, and roll over and play dead until they do die. When the devil brings one of his foul diseases. Everybody here today? But don't do that. Don't do that. Check your heart. I know one gentleman. He started having a heart attack, this one guy. And really quickly, now he's in uh, major pain, okay? But really quickly, he checked, because uh, it seemed like he was just going to die right then. He checked down on the inside of his heart. Now, that's spiritual to be able to do that even. But he had just come from, from actually a church meeting, and he'd been playing, playing his acoustic guitar in, in the church for the, in the praise and worship band. And he said, Lord, is, am I supposed to die right now? And, and the Lord dealt with him, no. And he just started laughing right in the middle of it. Laugh, may, I mean, didn't feel like it. Who would feel like it? But faith will act on the word of God. I mean, the Lord said, no, it's not your time to die. I mean, this guy was in his late 50s. That's not old. Hmm? Come on, 40 is not over the hill. I mean, the prime of your life should be from your 20s into, you know, into your 50s should be your absolute prime. And then, you know, you might you might just make an adjustment or two to slow down some and, you know, go, going up from there. But you shouldn't be thinking old until you're, you know, well in your 80s, whatever. Oh, you guys tell me. In your 90s. I mean, these are good examples. I mean, they bowl and they play, you know, they got their groups. Keep busy. Keep young. Amen. Well, uh, do, you, do you ladies have any friends that are years younger that just got inactive and just decided, well, what happened? Well, it must have been their time. No, no. They quit so much of the time. So much of the time. You hear me? So don't die until it's time to die. Amen. You might say, I never heard anything so ridiculous. I have some humility about you, okay? And see if I'm not preaching the word to you. And not just my opinion. I wouldn't come up with anything like that. If I just wanted to give you my opinion, I'd go with the crowd. You get a lot more popular that way. People talk about you a lot, a lot less. Amen. And you preach stuff like Psalm 107, verse 20. He sent his word and healed them. You preach that. People will talk about you. People will discount your ministry before ever hearing you. Hmm? But I'm only concerned about one individual. Uh, putting his stamp of approval on us. And that would be the Lord. Amen. So notice he sent forth his word and healed them. There's a connection between the word of God and healing. Amen. He sent his word. And what did his word do? It healed. Well, that, I don't know if that's talking about physical healing. Read the next clause. Delivered them from an early grave. Hmm? What part of you goes to the grave? That would be your body. Right? Praise God. So, sent forth His Word, and His Word produced health and healing. Now go to Proverbs 4, if you would. You may be holding your place there. Because here again, another verse that connects the Word of God with healing. 
Now, how many are thankful for, for all the advancements that we have in medicine and doctors? I mean, there's some people that live a virtually normal life by the aid of, of some medicines and some doctors and different things that, that without those, they would leave, lead a completely, uh, really, it would be like life in prison, you know what I'm saying. Uh, but they're able to, so thank God for that. But, thank God also for the Word of God, which will produce in you anything that a, that a medicine would. Now, don't, don't just believe that because I said it. Don't throw it out because I said it. What does the Word say? I mean, all these people sometimes say this. Um, you know, we're looking for a cure for cancer. And people have a little boy and maybe they want to go to, they, what do you want to be when you grow up? Johnny, I want to be a doctor. Oh, praise God, you may discover the cure for cancer. But do you know that there's a Bible cure for cancer? Huh? I mean, if I did a little research and wanted to come up with some statistics and all that, I could pull you out figure after figure, person after person after person who was given up terminal and is alive today. And you ask them what happened. They said, I found out what the Word of God said about it. I, did, I applied the Word of God to my life. I received healing from God. The doctors couldn't, you know, thank God for what doctors can do, but have you discovered that they can only go so far? Always pressing for more, so thank God. But, um, and then there's folk that would, that would say, well, it's got, it's got to be either or. It's got to be either God or the doctor. But yet, see, that's not faith. Amen. Um, go to God first. You will find a passage in the Bible uh, concerning... I hadn't planned to say this. I don't know if it was King Hezekiah. It was one of the kings who got sick. It was something happened in his feet, started in his feet. I don't know if it was gangrene or what. And uh, he got in trouble, it says, because he sought the physicians, not the Lord. And so some Christians have used that to say, well, you shouldn't, you know, you sh if you're going to believe God, you shouldn't have anything to do with doctors. But notice, it, notice how it said it. He sought the physicians, not the Lord. Amen. How about seeking God first? Get it settled, Lord. Do I need to go see somebody about this? And do you think he's good enough that he would, he would lead you? No, just believe me, whether you die or whether you live. God wants you to live. I'm, I'm giving you a dose of common sense here because there is a truth that, that there is such a thing as divine healing. It's not weird. It's God. It's tangible. It's real. We've, most of us here have seen it. And experienced it. If not in your life, you've seen it in other li other people's lives. Amen. But there is also such a thing as the Lord dealing with folk to go get some help. And He will do that if He sees that you're not in, in a place to right now receive from Him. You know, receiving this healing is not automatic. Hmm? It doesn't just drop down on you like the rain from heaven. If it did, we wouldn't have to spend time teaching on it. It'd just be automatic. Right? But there's a lot in the Word about it to teach us how to cooperate with it. That's what people don't know, and so they do without, and we don't want that. Well, how many want everything that Jesus paid for and purchased for us? Amen. And so, if you need to go to the doctor, I always tell people, go, but go in faith. Because doctors can make mistakes. 
So do I, what, what road do I go? Faith or the doctor? Go, if you go into the doctor, go with your faith. Take some faith with you. Believe God. I mean, we, if we have to go, we have to take our kids. And thank God we don't have to that often. Um, and praise God. You know, uh, I was, came up to preach, uh, to start a study in this yesterday. Both my kids were attacked in their body. Uh, I found out you have to have double faith when they're in the public schools. Because I'm thinking, where did this all of a sudden come from? And they, they call and say, well, three other kids before him went home, you know, and all that. And so, but praise God, they're, they're getting there. They're getting there very quickly, as a matter of fact. They were great all day yesterday, but then at nighttime flared up a, a, a touch, not as much as the night before. And uh, we're giving it the boot, the best we know. We're adding our faith. Amen. To the purple uh, juice that they're drinking. Amen. Uh, here's another just common sense thing, okay? Don't practice your faith on your kids. Hmm? If you want to say, okay, I'm not going to use any medicine. I'm just going to believe God. Will you do that on you? Hmm? Not when somebody else is suffering. Amen. Little ones need their mamas and daddies to believe God for them. They haven't developed faith in that area. I mean, real little ones, you know. There'll come the time where mom and daddy's faith can't help them anymore. Because uh, there come, how many know there comes a time when you have to grow up? Take responsibility for yourself. Hmm? You don't feed yourself. Uh, I mean, I mean little, little guys don't feed themselves, but older ones do. Right? There'll come a day, kids, uh, teenagers, whatever, there'll come a day when mama won't do your laundry anymore. <laughs> there'll come a day when mama won't clean your room and make your bed anymore. Huh? And a good mama and daddy will not baby the kids their whole lives. Come on. You, you want to turn them. You don't want them. Sometimes it's like uh, mamas and daddies like it that the kids have to depend on them. It makes them feel good. Oh, yeah, they need me. But don't do that to them. I mean, they teach them from as old as they're able to be independent as much as possible. And then bless them along the way. You know what I mean? Be there, reward them, and you can, you can still have a great thing going without... Uh, I know friends that, man, they were 35 years old, and their mom was still cleaning their room. I'm serious. Cleaning their room, cooking their meals, doing their laundry. That is not right. So in Proverbs 4, did you find Proverbs 4? Okay. Something about this spot right down here. All kinds of things come out when I stand right here. <laughs> but you know, oftentimes there again, it's the Lord's uh, bringing stuff out for somebody that somebody can use. All right. So some poor kids are not going to have their meals cooked for them anymore after today. <laughs> In Proverbs 4, first of all, look at the... T at the uh, 10th verse and the 10th verse says listen my son and that this is the Lord talking it would apply to his daughters too you know they use this, this word son generically listen my son accept what I say or receive what I say and the years of your life will be what many how many like that listen to what I but is it automatic just just raise your hand when the preacher says, does anybody want to accept Jesus? Raise your hand, join them, take the membership class, and the years of your life will be many. No, it's not. The, the love of God 
is unconditional. You can mess up your whole life and he will love you as much as the day he found you in your mess. But the blessings of God and the promises of God are conditional upon our obedience. Amen. And so we could say, if you listen. Or other words, if you're not hard headed and hard hearted, if you'll listen and receive the word of God and we could add, keep it. The years of your life can be and will be. Many. Isn't many better than a few? Some folk aren't convinced. Uh, they, they have it in their head that once you hit 60, you know, you have to life goes downhill. You have to have a walker. You have to. My grandfather died. Was it this week? I don't know if it was this week or last week. And uh, he died. He's just a couple weeks short of 95. Well, my grandmother died uh, earlier this year, so I went down for that. I didn't go down because they, they had the, the service the day after he passed away. It was expected, so they, uh, all the daughters were there. My mom has four, three other sisters, so there's four girls. They all came in, and, uh, and, and he passed real quickly and all that. But anyhow, uh, when I went down for my grandmother's funeral, and she was, they were the same age, so she was 94. Also, I've got to visit with him. And, you know, you're not as you're, you're not the man you were at 94 that you were at 24. Well, that's obvious. But man, real sharp and uh, really able to just sit and talk. And he'd always say, boy, I'm proud of you, you and your lovely wife. And he's just so kind. And uh, one of the big influences in my life, you know, looking back and I haven't lived all that long, but uh, there's just, I don't know, four or five men in my life that have been father figures to me. And I'm thankful for everyone and appreciate everyone that has spoken into my life. And my grandfather was that kind. We didn't get to spend a lot of time with him, but uh, he'd take me fishing. He loved to fish. And we always laugh about the time where uh, my brother and I, he got us in the boat, got our life jackets on. And then he, he put one foot in the boat and the rest of them went in the water, man. He just put <laughs> back. And see, we sat there and laughed. We thought it was funny. We didn't realize, hey, oh, he's in his late 60s probably when that happened. <laughs> we should have been like, man, granddad, you OK? <laughs> but we're kids. We just, you know, we thought it was the greatest thing. And I think I caught him in the nose with a fish hook one time, too. But he taught me and my brother how to fish. Uh, he loved to fish. Anyhow, you can be sharp. And, and uh, he was real proud. He thought the coolest. He said, you got to watch this. You got to see this. 94 years old. He just got in this easy chair that will help you up. <laughs> Have you seen those in the homes or whatever? And so he said, watch this. And he had the thing going up until finally somebody said, we need, we need to catch him because he's going to take it all the way till it <laughs> falls over. But the point I was trying to make is um, he just stopped playing golf. I don't know, a couple years back. I, you know, I mean, wasn't very good, though, you know, until... I mean, maybe eight years ago or so, in his late 80s at least. And, uh, but, but see, he had things where he had to use a walker, but then he kept walking and he got better and didn't need it anymore, see? So, Proverbs 4, I told you to go there, but we wanted to look at the 20th verse. Listen to this. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Notice he's talking about the words as he did in verse 10. 
Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. Now, verse 22 says, for they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. Is that an awesome passage or what? How many don't ever know that they've read that before? It's, it's new to you today. Anybody? OK, a couple people back there. Isn't that cool? Listen to it again. Now, here again, there's nothing automatic about this, is there? But there's a connection between the Word of God and not just spiritual healing, not just emotional healing. You can't deny that this is talking about physical health and healing, right? I mean, he said a man's whole body. You're not confused as to what that is, right? Your body is your body. Right. And besides, where do most people need uh, healing? Well, yes, there's, there's, I mean, spiritual healing, absolutely. Well, not really. He doesn't heal us spiritually. He recreates us spiritually. Amen. Well, you know, here's just a little theology for you, since, you know, you guys are so sharp, quick, and, and, and students of the scriptures. Uh, people say, well, God put me back together. God healed me spiritually. He didn't really. You don't find anywhere in the Bible where it says that when a person is born again, their spirits aren't healed. They're reborn. They're recreated. What it does say is, is if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Now, not your body. Of course, you got the same body you had before. Some feel darn. You got the same soul. You have the same thought patterns. You have the same mind that you had before. That must be renewed. The same body that you have must be presented as a living sacrifice. But your spirit is brand new. It's not a, it's not your healed old one. OK, healing. The word healing implies a restoration. And and I guess uh, it just needed to be recreated because that's what he did. But anyhow, the body, our physical bodies now, when something happens, you need healing. You need to be restored from whatever is going on. And thank God I want you to look real close because uh, this is such a key to Christians maintaining health in their lives. Because you can do all the right things. Listen now a second before we look at it. You can get vaccines. You can get vitamins. You can exercise. You can sleep. You can eat right. I mean, e even if you don't know what I'm, you know, uh, if you don't agree that that's so. Just forget about, you know, the things of God for a second. Have you ever noticed anybody who was in pretty good shape, but uh, either they got heartbroken or something happened? And next thing you know, it affected them physically. Uh, a real good example. What if somebody worries all the time about something? What could they get burn, burning a hole through their stomach? An ulcer. You've heard of that. And if you've ever tried worrying about something, which is a sin, by the way, which you should repent for and quit. Hmm. So says the Bible. <laughs> Amen. But uh, man, it's, uh, there was nothing really physically wrong with you. But you let it go and let it go. Amen. So now look, listen to it. My son or my daughter. Now everybody says that's talking about me. God says, pay attention to what I say. Pay attention. I realize this is like kindergarten stuff. Do you, when do you learn to pay attention? 
You, anybody ever heard anybody say, I'm so poor I couldn't pay attention? Um, but that's not my confession. Pay attention to what he says. And now what do you do when you pay attention to something? Uh, you, you, give it, you give it your full attention. <laughs> Focus on it. That's right. And let me say it like this. God's word in, other things out for that, for that time. Hmm? If somebody stopped you on the street and said, hey, come here, let's talk. No, there's something I have to give attention to. I'll talk to you later. Right? You have an appointment. You give it your attention. Do people do that with the Word of God? Most of the time, no. They let it, if they do show up, to hear. You know, it goes in this ear, goes through a little earwax, uh, runs, runs through the, the cauliflower in their head, and out the other ear. Right? They don't get it. Have you noticed, everybody, you have to train yourself to, to receive, to listen, and to take it with you when you go. It's not automatic. Now, and you'll see from the rest of this passage here, pay attention to what I say. Well, he doesn't stop there. Then he says, listen closely, closely. In other words, like your life depends on it. Like this is the word of God, like it's true. Like it's true, because it is. Amen. I'll never forget. I always thought uh, that, I mean, I was a Christian. I was a Christian, <laughs> but I always thought that I was absolutely a, uh, a lover of the word of God and a student of the word of God. And I did study about the word, but I'll never forget the day I heard uh, a message. First time I heard that you could be healed. And I realized that for the first time I was doing what this said. For the first time I was paying attention. For the first time I was listening closely and I realized at that point, I've never gotten any of it yet. Because I'd, 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 uh, I'd read it, okay, but I wouldn't treat it like it was a word, it was the word from God. And I wouldn't treat it going into it, acting like it was true and so. Hmm? Isn't there a difference? What if you're going to get help in your body? You might want to do it God's way. And his way is pay attention to what I say. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to what? What the doctor said. Hmm? Well, listen closely to, to what they say on the commercials in between the news report. Hmm? Listen close. Four out of five people sometime will get this. And you guys know the right answer to that, right? One doesn't. <laughs> Somebody's got to be the one. One doesn't. You ever met somebody so positive it made you not like them? I hope that's me. Pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. My words. My words. If I could come and slap it into every one of you. I would, because it, I'm telling you, I know from experience, you, your mind wants to listen to everything else. Hmm? Of course, now doesn't this apply to a lot more than just healing? But that's what we're talking about today. Pay attention to what I say, the Lord said. Listen to my words. Not everything else. Everything else is subject to change. His words aren't. Amen. 
Don't let them out of your sight. Well, what do you do? You strap the Bible to you so you're always walking around like that? Of course not. But on the inside, listen, when you get a hold of a scripture, it'll burn a picture of itself on the inside of you. But then, you know, it's so easy. We talked uh, a couple months ago about how to receive from the Word of God. Real simple stuff, but real, real good stuff. And you remember one of the th uh, things was that parable of the sower. And that when you plant the Word, the enemy comes to try and distract you away from you. Or the worries and the cares of this life are like thorns that choke the Word out. And so what do we have to do? We have to make the effort to keep them, not let them out of our sight. And then keep them within your heart. Keep them. Now, you do those things. You do those things. What's the result? They are life. The Word of God is life to those that find them. Not talking about you found them like you, you, you successfully looked it up. They've the word, when His words find their way, not just into your head, but down into your heart. Now, when you made a decision to receive Jesus, you know why you did? Because something about what was spoken got its way down into your heart and produced faith. And you said, I, I can do that. I accept that. I believe that. I'll do that. It worked for you, didn't it? Just like that. Amen. And the same thing in, the sub, in this area of healing. It's so simple, people stumble over it all the time. It's way simple. You feed on it and, and you, you put other things out. You turn, off the, you turn off the Zantac commercials and all the, I don't know what any of those are, but the, you know the, all the names. If you ever watch the news, you can't help it. Huh? Why do they put all those on during the news? I guess the people that need them most watch the evening news. You know what I'm thankful for? I'll tell you what I'm very thankful for. A little button that says M-U-T-E, mute. Amen. And anytime we watch television, that's there for the commercials. Boom. Peace and quiet. <laughs> Amen. You can't, I mean, I can't watch a football game with my kids without that mute button. They are life to those who find them. Let his word concerning healing find its way into your heart. They are life to those who find them. And health to a man's whole body. Health to your whole body. His words will heal your body. Do you know if you take enough of God's word long enough, it will heal you? Amen. You won't have to beg God. You won't have to say, please, Lord. Well, I'm praying for my healing. Well, really, when, when we say we're praying for something, uh, what's the idea? I'm asking for something. I'm asking him to do something. Well, do you know you're asking him to do something he's already provided for? And really, he's already done. Hmm? For instance, if you had trouble getting a, getting a radio station in, you know, most people are smart enough not to just call the station and say, I can't get it in. What do they do? They work on the dial. 
that illustration's about to be old because there's not even dials anymore, right? It's all digital. But how many can remember way back so far? Do you guys remember when there used to be dials on a radio and you had to dial it? Dial it in? Amen. I know you guys don't remember when TVs had dials. You do? Okay. And if you wanted to get a, a good channel, of course, you flipped. Anybody remember having a TV where if you wanted to change the channel, you had to get up? Woo! Glory to God, we've come so far. He's been so good. You had to get up and you had to flip the button on the top and then that little dial around the thing, you had to go back there and work it until it came in. Hmm? And forget UHF, why did they even put it on? Because it, it didn't work. You couldn't get those stations. Had a little sp one little speaker this big in the TV. Thank God for all those developments. Of course, we told you last week who financed all those. But anyhow... Praise God. We can, uh, we can vaccinate ourselves. We can immunize ourselves. We can, uh, is inoculate the right word? Ourselves, the same thing, with the word of God. Uh, go to Exodus 15. You can handle another verse or two, can't you? One, two, three, four, five. I have a, a list of 11 verses here. This would be the first one on the list. We're obviously not going to get to them. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what they are and you can look them up later. How's that? Because I had, I had intended this morning to uh, go through these and just give ourselves a flu shot. But in, uh, in ministering, it just seemed good to say some of the things that we did when we did. I'm a big believer in preventative medicine. I think it's the best kind. Why wait till you're about dead to get started, right? Preventative medicine. But you know how, how few people, and it's just sad because it gives, it gives the, the truth and the real power of God. It almost gives it a bad name because so few people will go to the word for healing in a preventative fashion. They wait until uh, you will usually not even for a sickness that they can treat over the counter. Because quite honestly, I'll just be honest about it, it's a touch more convenient to drink the, to drink the liquid and, or pop the pill than it is to make the effort to get his words in you. Because did you notice what's required? Hmm? Give attention to it. Well, what if you got other things to give attention to? Well, decisions got to be made somewhere, you know. You only have so many hours, right? And uh, I don't know, I know you've done it, I've done it too. I've come, okay, now it's my time. For God, and I, my eyes are my eyelids are already half closed by the time I sit down to open my Bible. I may get it about opening. That's it. Well, you didn't put it first then, right? Maybe first should have been better. Yeah, because it takes effort to, to give attention to his words. Listen to what he has to say. Not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Effort, right? That's work. And so for over-the-counter stuff, People won't go to the Word either. So, per, so for prevention, they won't go to the Word. For over-the-counter, they won't go to the Word. For life and death, they'll go to the Word. Hmm? Terminal, they'll go to the Word. And I'm not going to say it's too late. Uh, for some people it is. For some people it is. 
Because uh, uh, unless you can get them in an environment where God's just moving supernaturally, and, and uh, of course He always moves supernaturally, but where there's manifestations of the Spirit, go, unless you can get them in an environment where that's flowing, um, what's going to have to happen? They're going to have to develop faith to receive. And for somebody that's got two weeks to live and has never even opened a Bible, I, I, you know, God will be merciful. He will be as merciful as He can. But yet, if you just wait and just wait and just wait, sometimes it's too late. I like using this illustration. It is possible to build a house during a hurricane, but it's much easier before the storm comes. Isn't it? And so in, where healing is concerned, you'll find that. So prevention. And so, you know, we're giving ourselves a spiritual flu shot here today. How many already feel a little stronger in your faith for healing than you did when you came in? Hope so. And you got to keep yourself that way. Brother Hagen made this statement, and uh, I don't quote it just because I travel with him. It's a statement that uh, is, is in his books, and the whole body of Christ should uh, heed his example. Somebody that never really lived in divine health his whole life, never had a headache since 1934. Huh? So he said, well, maybe he's a liar. God sure blessed a liar. He sure blessed a liar. Somebody should have told God, because I've had people say, don't you know he's an absolute liar? There's books, there's books that chronicle it. Somebody sent me one of those books. I'm like, where did they come up with this stuff? I've, I've been to his house. This isn't true. <laughs> Nor does he teach that. <laughs> But, you know, folk on the fringe and on the outside, we're not trying to exalt a man. He's not a perfect man. But uh, <clears throat> folk on the outside just catch a bit, a bit in peace and then decide I should write a book about this with my great knowledge. You know. Anyhow, one thing he said, I started to tell you, he said, every day, no matter what else I read, I always feed myself. Notice how he used that term. I always feed myself along the lines of faith and healing along with anything else. Well, isn't that good advice? I was talking to Pastor Tommy Reed one time over here at the Tabernacle. Great, great man of God. I'm thankful to be serving in the same town with somebody who really pioneered things, got things going. And uh, we have a, a terrific relationship. Thank God. And uh, so he, we were talking one day and he looked at me and said, you know what? Nobody can say faith didn't work for him. <laughs> and that's true. But what did he do? Hear it once and forget it? No. What did, he just, what did he say that I told you about? Every day, no matter what else I feed on, I always feed along the lines of faith and healing a little bit, usually every night before I go to bed, he said. You know, what does he mean? Just read a couple verses, right, that, in that subject. Now, of course, I'd add prosperity to that. Because that's another area, you know, we can't stop and preach on it now, but that's another area you get attacked in, uh, what are the biggest areas? Probably your, your health and your money. And then maybe your relationships. All right. Um, so I told you one more verse, right? Did you go to Exodus 15? Now, when I feed along the lines of faith and healing, here's one of the first good verses in the Bible uh, on the subject of healing that I'll feed on. Exodus 15 Verse 26. 
The Lord said, this was to Moses, but it was for the children of Israel. It was for God's people. We're God's people today, right? The Lord said, if you listen carefully, does anybody see kind of a recurring theme developing in all these verses? If you pay attention, listen carefully. If you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do. Don't just hear it. Hear it and do it. Okay, <laughs> if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right, if you pay attention to His commands and keep all His decrees, the Lord said, I will not bring on you. Now, if you go back to the Hebrew and read that, it's in the permissive sense. It's not in what they would call the causative sense. In other words, God doesn't take sickness from His uh, little briefcase up in heaven uh, let me see. Okay, they need they need some. Uh, oh, they need some congestive heart failure. Put that on. He doesn't do that. He doesn't have any sickness up in heaven. If he put it on you, he'd have to steal it. Hmm. They they have the they have all kinds of names for for different disease. They have all kinds of different flu. You know, Asian flu, uh, this kind of flu. And uh, one day, I think it was Brother Hagen that was preaching. He said, you know, I've never heard of the heavenly flu. <laughs> have you? Because folk have so much faith in what they've learned. Huh? From the, from, the, from the news reports and from this and that. And I'll tell you what, all the time I go to uh, drop my daughter off at preschool or take my. You get around other parents. And this time of the year, especially all they talk about is sickness. I mean, every day. And they talk about it almost to draw attention to it. Almost like they're proud of it. Almost like they kind of enjoy it. And, and, and you almost get the sense that there's a little bit of a contest going on. They don't realize it, but there's a little bit of a contest. Who's the, who's the more afflicted family? Well, bless God. We're all sick. Every time of this year, we all get it. And an interesting thing happens every time about this year. They all get it. Well, I don't believe in that. You, you, you have what you say stuff. I don't believe that. It's been working for you all your life. <laughs> Amen. So he said, uh, I will not bring on you. A better way, a better word would be, I will not allow on you any of the diseases I've allowed on the Egyptians. Now, I'm not changing the Bible to fit my beliefs here, everybody. We, we look the word up. And that's what the scholars, now I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but that's what the scholars do say. Okay? They're the smarter ones. I'm just telling you what they said. And that does make more sense, doesn't it? I mean, everything you know about your father, God, I need to quit here, which I'll do in a moment. Um, but everything you know about your father... Uh, is him being up there with deciding who he wants to put a sickness on? Is that consistent with his with everything you know about him? No, it wouldn't be. But but yet, you know, you get a you get a verse where it's where it's translated that way. Well, it, it could cause confusion. So I stopped to tell you. He said, I will not bring on you any of the diseases. How many like that? 
another, uh, the King James says, I will put on you none of these diseases. None of them. Which, I, which, which are on the Egyptians. Now, Egypt in Scripture is always a picture or a, a type of the world. None of the diseases of this world. How come? He said, for I am the Lord, your healer. I am the Lord who heals you. The, the Hebrew there is actually say, says, I am Jehovah Rapha. In other words, he, he's saying this is uh, a covenant name that you're to know me by. It's a revelation of, of one part of my character. There were several of these, probably about seven such names that he gave. There's Jehovah Nisi, there's Jehovah Jireh. Everybody likes that one. Well, this is another one. In fact, this is the first one. Aren't you glad? I am Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord, your physician. Now, this is a covenant name. He's saying, this is what I will do for you. If you pay attention. Aren't you glad about it? I am the Lord, your healer. Is he the Lord, your healer? He's not until you have the revelation that he is. Though he wants to be until you see it. But how many see it? I'm trying to get you to see it on the inside. You get excited about it when you see it on the inside. Well, how do you see it on the inside? You keep hearing it. You keep hearing it until your processor stops processing and changing it all and filtering it. Hello? Until that stops happening and you just simply, like a, like a child, accept it. Okay, he's the Lord, my healer. Well, then what does that make me? That makes me the healed of the Lord. Hmm? You getting it? He's the Lord, your healer. That makes me the healed of the Lord. When stuff comes up this flu season, and this, and you know what? You, you might have opportunity to use this. How many know that people tend to get attacked in their body? And have you found out that Christians aren't exempt from uh, being attacked in that area? I mean, you know, these things are in the air. They're transmitted through the air in a bunch of different ways. There, but there's one translation of this verse that says, I, the Lord, make you immune. How many like that? You can plead immunity. Amen.